Broderick Jones is never coming out of this lineup, you guys. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Steelers 23, Packers 19. I don't care. How ugly it was. I mean, I kind of do. But when you're six and three and the division is so tight and you keep winning even while you're getting better at some things, not everything, I'm always going to try to look for the sunny side of a victorious outcome. I just am. And I don't have to try very hard. Because it was just this past Thursday when I asked the 14th overall pick in the most recent draft the following question. Roger, coming off 166 yards rushing, how much does that do for this whole offense? Uh, honestly, for me, I don't feel like that's good enough. Okay. You know, like, cause you, I, like I, I came from Georgia, you know, not to dwell on the past, but, you know, like, we were big on running the football, so... Um, you know, I, I want to be 200 plus every time. Uh, that's just me. I know this the NFL level, but you know, if we're gonna commit to the run game, we got to do it all the way. Oh yeah, he did. He said 200, and that last part of the response that you heard from him—that was after I'm standing there in front of him, raising my eyebrows, and he's he's kind of in his own way reacting to that. And what ends up happening? Jalen Warren, 101 yards. Najee Harris. 82 for a grand total of 205. Who does that? Who says stuff like that and then, you know, helps to make it happen? To whatever extent you can credit any one individual off of a five-man offensive line, I'm sorry, but there's a pretty clear line of demarcation, if you'll pardon the pun. Because as soon as Jones came in, these numbers started to go, whoo, right? That's not a shot at Chooks Okorafor. It doesn't mean that Chooks is a bad player or whatever. It just means you found a way to get your first rounder onto the field. And that the first rounder in turn delivered the way a first rounder supposed to. So yeah, you better believe I went up to his stall again yesterday. To bring it up all over again. You got your 200. Got my 200. Yeah. Did, did anybody tell you you were nuts when you said that? No. No. You, you believe? No. I just, I just know what the, the group we got, we got up front, and the running backs we have behind us. You know, it's, it's, it's no way we shouldn't be able to get 200 plus every game. Yeah, he's got no use for my not taking it seriously, and why should he? He's the one that just participated in proof. He's right. They're all right as it relates to the running game. The running game is now, on back-to-back weeks, the best in the National Football League. You're not going to find better than a 166 and a 205 back-to-back. And yeah, I know. I Look, we have all week. I'll get into the passing issues and Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada and whatever else, okay? We have all week. This is the day after the W. And this team 
just put together one of the better running performances we've seen from the Steelers in years. And against an opponent that's just not that bad. And on top of that, as Matt LaFleur, the Packers coach, acknowledged following the game, they they were stacking the box. They stopped even trying to cover the pass. They were just like, we got to stop these guys running before we do anything else. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. The term LaFleur used to describe what the Steelers did to the Green Bay defense, meaning the Steelers' running game, was to gash them. Gash. That is something to say when it's referring to your own players. Now, within that, how has this happened? What's been the difference? Obviously, Jones is part of that. But what about Jones? Well, both Warren and Harris talked about this afterward, about how, first off, they gave credit to Mike Tomlin that he really, really emphasized the run all week, told everyone all week, we are going to commit to the run. We are going to make this happen on the ground. Okay, It has to start somewhere, and it started with him. You can't just comment on him when they lose, right? Okay, good. Fair is fair. But beyond that, the push to make sure that there's more motion to the offensive line, according to the two running backs themselves, came from the offensive linemen themselves. In conversations, in meetings, they were asked, what are you most comfortable doing? What do you feel that you're most effective doing? And those players, Mason Cole, Dan Moore, James Daniels, Isaac Selmalu all said that they really, really enjoy and feel confident in their ability to move. Well, once you put Jones out there, as opposed to Okorafor, you've got someone who can really move and can really make a difference. Jones was coming all the way across from right tackle to the left side, and he was doing so with such speed and such agility that he would actually look like he'd started off the snap on that side of the ball. I mean, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but it was very impressive. And you saw a lot of running plays go to the left side. In fact, they ran more to the left side, which is, of course, not Jones's side in this alignment. And it still ended up having a ton to do with Jones. Because he would come over there, and there was a lot of Darnell Washington yesterday, by the way, as well, speaking of rookies. They would just overload that side. They would bulldoze people. I mean, I'm not even going to get into what Washington does to people. It, he bulldozes them, and then he eats them. Okay? that That's the damage that he does. But everyone's going backward. And when you have Selmalu more... And to a lesser extent, Cole had his struggles in the game still, but he also had moments where he was just plain old doing his job. And that happened a lot on the run block. You have yourself finally, once and for all, this offensive identity that everyone, myself included, has been clamoring for forever. This is it. They can do this and they can do this really well arguably as well as anybody when they're performing the way they have in these past two games. 
Now, once more, for emphasis, because I'm not playing Pollyanna here, I get that there's problems, including on the line as it relates to pass blocking. I thought they were way too quick to allow Kenny Pickett's pockets to collapse. Of course, I also thought Kenny was too quick to abandon those pockets, and I thought Kenny was too quick to check down, and there's a lot of problems, but at least count the blessing. Notice I'm keeping that singular. Count the blessing of this offense. They can run. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and They've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. J1Q comes from DeMond, who asks, DK, the offense looked pretty good at times. Glad to get the win. And I actually believe in Mark Robinson. But what can the Steelers do about the depth at inside linebacker? And, you know, the worst thing about this game, believe it or not, was not the passing performance of Kenny Pickett and the wide receivers and everything else. Uh, the worst thing about this game was Quan Alexander going down for the year? Uh, not just for Quan, uh, who's a really good dude who really uh, committed's not a sufficient word for what he'd become to this cause. Between him and Cole Holcomb, and now the last of those men standing, Landon Roberts, they had formed this goes back to the trobe, uh, this real bond between the three of them. They were going to be the guys that were going to change the perception of Pittsburgh's inside linebackers from what they'd been over recent years since Vince Williams was gone. And they took a collective pride in that, including getting behind Holcomb when Holcomb ended up getting more duty. Like they supported him. Holcomb's our every down guy. Cole, we're going to, we're going to be behind him. We're there for what he needs. And to see Holcomb go down in one game done for the season with the, the savage knee injury. And then Alexander uh, yesterday with uh, the Achilles and then to see Roberts over the rest of that game, talk about committed. You know, you guys, you know, we can sometimes, you know, reduce this sport to some you know, pretty vague and banal statistics. Okay. I could sit here and tell you Roberts had eight tackles, six of them solos, one for a loss and a pass defense. And, and I'd, I'd be correct with all of that. But that doesn't tell you the way he came around the right side and took out their pulling guard 
on one play and sent him into the next century. And in doing so, he knocked the pulling guard back into another Green Bay offensive lineman. So there's two bowling pins just lying there in the Packers' backfield. That's Roberts. That's who he is. And that's what Roberts, Holcomb, and Alexander had, here's that word again, committed themselves to doing. And that was a good group. And it sucks to not have that. I don't mean to ruin everyone's Monday morning after a W here, okay? But we can either talk about silly stuff and, uh, you know, George Pickens pouting or whatever else here. I can talk to you about real football. That's what this is. These guys were three real football players. And they had done what they set out to do. They changed that room. But the sport being what it is, maybe even their style being what it is, it probably wasn't destined to make it through all 17. And now you have Roberts, you have Mark Robinson, who you fairly cited, and Robinson was on the field a lot yesterday. Uh, longtime listeners will know I'm a Robinson guy. I have grave concerns about a combo of Roberts and Robinson being able to cover the pass the way you need an inside linebacker to do in 2023. So I would either entertain Keanu Neal becoming more active in that area of the field, even if his positional label doesn't need to change. But in order to do that, you need to go back to the three safety set. And in order to do that, you need to have Neal healthy. And he had a rib injury after that interception. You also need, boy, this can't be overstated, this dude named Minka Fitzpatrick to come back. Now, I got the indication yesterday that Minka's looking pretty good for the two divisional games. We'll see how that goes. Minka was certainly in good spirits. I had a brief conversation with him afterward. If you go three safeties and you go with Elandon as your main guy, as your green dot wearer, as he ended up being yesterday, you can maybe swing this. Use Mark Robinson in obvious run situations while you continue to groom Robinson for a more complete role. But I honestly believe that the more realistic course of action here is that Omar Khan will be scouring every, every practice squad everywhere, uh, every opportunity that he has to bring somebody in at inside linebacker. But listen, I'd be remiss if I didn't end this program by extending uh, best wishes to to Quan. Just a he's a good, good guy. Uh, you guys would like him. You guys would like him a lot, and you would like him within about I don't know, maybe ten or fifteen seconds of dealing with him. And I'm gonna miss having him around. As I'm gonna miss having uh, Cole around and. Let's see what becomes of this group. I know this. The one guy who's still standing out of those three is capable 
of infusing that same spirit in almost anybody. I appreciate the question probably more than you realized when you asked it. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we're going to do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.